you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison. I'm happy to be with you today. Uh, Wednesdays with Will. Wednesdays with Will. But first, I have a few announcements. Uh, email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just search uh, Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can also watch live right now. The broadcast is live on Facebook, on our Facebook page. We also have the Marriage Family Life uh, Date Night coming up in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, happening August 24th. August 24th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. You can register now at marriagefamilylife.net. And you have to register by August 17th, by August 17th, because we need a count of how many people would like to come. It's going to be a great time where we're going to celebrate marriage. Marriage is to be celebrated. And there's so many things happening now to, like, fight against God's design for marriage. The Christians, us who believe uh, in the word of God, we should celebrate it and we should celebrate it often. Also, we have the uh, Leviathan Mount Black and pink shirts are available in uh, the AFA Resource Center at afastore.net. If you're wondering, what is the Leviathan Mom shirt all about? Well, if you go to uh, the afastore.net and you type in the Leviathan Mom uh, t-shirt, it has a, a, a kind of a, a breakdown of what this is. you know. And, and we did a couple of shows uh, regarding it. And actually, one of the shows, I believe, is linked uh, to that page so you can hear it for yourself. And also, um, if you desire a clear and concise uh, teaching on biblical, on a biblical response to critical race theory, uh, go to afastore.net and you can pick up a two-part teaching done by my wife, Miki Addison, on that topic. She's researched that topic. You know, the Lord really impressed that on our hearts years ago to begin to look at this because we saw what was happening. And uh, and so she really did a lot of research, research. She she uh, spoke a few times concerning that topic. And uh, it's just it, it'll be a great tool for you to have if you're wondering about some of these terms. What does this mean and all this kind of stuff, because it's very academic and, and the terms are, are changing uh, qu- quite often as well. But this will help you to have a handle on what's going on there. So make sure you go. Uh, and look that up, A Biblical Response to Critical Race Theory by Miki. And so today, uh, as I was praying about and thinking about what to uh, address on Wednesdays with Will today, man, I, I, I came across something that I had been uh, looking at a while back, and I felt like this particular uh, topic is for specific people out there. I don't know who. I don't know who, but as I was praying, 
I felt like the Lord wanted to speak this to particular people who are listening uh, or maybe you know someone um, that may need to hear this uh, after you hear what I want to talk about. But man, it, it was just kind of weighing up on my heart. And so I was like, Lord, I think this is exactly what you, you want to talk about today. And so today the topic is he touched me. He touched me. Um, and as a church, we must find ourselves in a posture of prayer and intercession on behalf of America. Uh, we, need, we need an awakening. We need a touch from the Most High God. And this land needs spiritual healing. And if we don't display the love of God as the people of God to a lost and dying world, we have failed. You know, Jesus talked about us being salt and light. And he talked about if we lose our flavor, our savor, like what good are we except to be trampled under the foot of men? And so we have a responsibility as Christians to be salt and light, you know, to add that flavor, to preserve, to to uh, bring about change within our culture. None of us that name the name of Christ ought to just sit back, you know, and say, well, the world's gone to hell in the handbasket. No, God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And so in our spheres of influence, we should always look for those opportunities that the Holy Spirit provides for us to be a minister of the gospel. We have what will help and heal the sin sick heart. Redemption uh, through the cross is what we preach. We are charged to carry out the Great Commission. Pray for lost souls and be moved to action through the compassion God put uh, in, in us for, for brokenness, knowing that we were once there before. We were once lost, but we've been found through the mercies of, of Christ. A lot of times, you know, as we are living these Christian lives, we can get kind of down a road where we're feeling like, man, we, you know, we've arrived or, you know, we've been in a fate for these many years, but God saved us all out of a dark, dark place. No matter what that place was, it was dark. It was sinful and we needed the Savior. And so I want to talk a little bit about touch, a little bit about touch. So touch is one of the most powerful senses in the human experience. Uh, it is said that touch is so important that newborns must be fed touch as much as food. And studies in orphanages and hospitals tell us that infants deprived of skin contact, they lose weight. They, they become ill and can even die. Touch is important. Uh, in a study done by Tiffany Field, a leader in the field of touch, she found that uh, preterm newborns who received just three 15-minute sessions of touch therapy each day for five to 10 days gained 47% more weight than premature infants who'd received the standard medical treatment. So that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, in, in a similar research, Darlene Francis and Michael Meany, they found that rats whose mothers licked and groomed them a lot when they were infants grow up to uh, be calmer and more resilient uh, towards stress with a stronger immune system. This research sheds light on why historically an overwhelming percentage of humans, babies, in orphanages 
where uh, caretakers starved them of touch, have failed to grow to their expected height or weight and have shown behavioral problems. So it's a big deal. You know, uh, we're in this pandemic, you know, some people call it a, a pandemic, but we're in this, this pandemic. And I, I think, you know, when we look at the news that's out there now, we can say pandemic, you know, but I believe that we we saw and we're seeing the power of touch and display right now during this time. You know, there were people who were in hospitals, whether COVID related or not, that were not able to be visited by loved ones. And I wonder how many of these folks, because of the lack of interaction and touch, didn't fare well. God has built in man certain things that are needed, and touch is one of them. You know, I've, I've heard stories of, of loved ones being uh, in the hospital and, and, they can't go, and, and their family can't go and see them. They can't feel the touch, you know, of, of that husband or that wife holding their hand. A pretty, pretty sad, sad thing. It affects us not having that. And so that's been created in us by God. We need that. We need that. We need to feel uh, the touch of our loved ones. It's, it's, it's one of those things that's, that's built in us that we, that we have to have. Touch is the first sensory system to develop, and it continues to function even after sight and hearing have failed. Uh, you will lose, so you can lose your, your sense of sight, hearing. Even your taste buds will change. But you generally keep your sense of smell and touch until you die. It's amazing. It's amazing how God has set this whole thing up. If you ever had a massage, you know how powerful touch is. Touch can even curb aggressiveness in kids. I have a, a, a son who's on the, the autism spectrum, and he don't like to be touched. He has sensory, different sensory issues and things like that. He hates being touched. But as a parent, if I go up to him and I rub his back, it calms him down. That's something about it. You know, a person that he's familiar with, even though he generally does not like touch, I can put my hand on his back and begin to rub his back, and it, and it changes his, his attitude. I see him being more relaxed. It's an amazing thing. You know, I remember growing up, uh, kids in my neighborhood, my friends, you know, we get into it. And, and, you know, as a kid, you, you can have a fight with somebody that you grew up with. And then hours later, y'all friends again. That's how, I, that's how it was back then. It's different now, <laughs> you know. But you get into it with one of your friends, one of your partners. And then people used to always say, man, what's wrong with you, man? You need a hug? You know, <laughs> you must need a hug or something. Well, that's an element of truth to that. that there's something about touch, you know, that really does something for us. In Gary Chapman's book, uh, The Five Love Languages, one of the languages is physical touch. Now, I don't fall under that category, okay? That's not my love language. So, you know, people always say, well, you know, and I know Miki says this as well. Well, Will, he shake hands. He don't do much hugging, you know. So touch is not my primary language. But I know many, many people who that's the primary love language. Nevertheless, touch is vital. It's vital for human life. Touch is important. 
Now I want to look at uh, some scripture and I want to talk about, you know, our Lord and Savior Jesus and how touch was important with him. Now Jesus in his earthly ministry, he felt the same way about touch being very important. Jesus touched and healed many. Think about it. Peter's mother-in-law, he touched her hand and the fever broke. The two blind men, Jesus touched their eyes saying, let it be done to you according to your fate. And their eyes were open. When Jesus was on his way to heal a little girl who was severely uh, sick and on the way pressing through the crowd, a woman touched him, touched the hem of his garden garment, touched him. And she was made whole. She was healed because of her having the faith to touch and believe Jesus. She was healed of her blood issue. And then when Jesus left that place, he continued to the little girl who everyone thought was dead. He took her by the hand, touch, and the girl got up and the crowd was astonished. Touch is important. But there's a story of a man found in Matthew chapter 8. You can find this story in Mark chapter 1 and in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus touched, that's, in my opinion, not like any other story that we, that we find on this topic. Luke chapter 5, verse 12 through 16 says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. We're talking about touch. He touched me. And when we come back, we'll go deeper into this story of this leper. But this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me for Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about uh, Jesus and touch. He touched me, and we were looking at the story of the the man that was full of leprosy that came uh, to Jesus. And I'll read that again. So while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will. You can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. 
And immediately, the leprosy left him. Awesome, awesome story. There's a lot in this. But to really understand the gravity of, you know, what's going on here, we have to understand what leprosy was all about, like how it was uh, viewed. Uh, So leprosy was viewed as God's punishment for sin, either the sin of the person or maybe his parents. So lepers were seen as polluters of community. They were a source of corruption uh, to be exiled. So it was a hard, hard, hard life uh, to be a leper in these times, in, in biblical times. Lepers were seen as unclean and were put outside of the general population. And when a leper was approaching a crowd, they would cry out unclean to warn of their coming. Now imagine that. Imagine the weight of that. You know, you have this disease. You have this thing going on that is seen as a a scourge. You have to live outside of the camp, outside of the people of God. You have to live on the outskirts. And if you dare try to approach, you have to shout unclean as you're coming so that people would know to get out of the way, to not touch you. Can you imagine that? Anyone who came in contact with a leper was considered defiled. They were not touched and they had not, they had better not touch anyone. Their very clothes and housing were seen as unclean. Everything about a leper was seen as unclean. So you got to understand the gravity of this man. So this leper, this outcast of society comes kneeling, falling on his face in brokenness. Bent down by the sickness and the perception of him by, by society, the world on his shoulders and his disease opened and revealed to everyone. Everyone knew if you were a leper. It, it, was, a, it was a visual thing. You can see it. So this man had heard of the miracles of Jesus. How Jesus raised the dead, opened blinded eyes, opened the mouth of the mute, opened the ears of the deaf. So this man, this outcast, who is not supposed to be around the general public, a man that has not been touched most likely in years, fell on his face and says some powerful words. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Just a, a note. There is no question by this man if, if you can, Jesus, if you can do it. He had no question about if Jesus was able to heal him. He said, but Jesus, if you are willing, if you are willing, this man had faith. In other words, Jesus, if you will, then I know it will be done. If you have the will to do it, I know it will be done. See, this wasn't an unusual question if you think of this man's condition. How many people do you think throughout his life were not willing to help him? Because of this disease, there were many people, probably close relatives that would not help him. That would not help him. They were not willing to help him. He was in need because of this disease. 
How many people look down on him in disgust because of his visible physical condition? You see, if we are honest, in a lot of ways, this man, this man is us. We were the lepers, right? Did we forget that one time we were full of sin? Some of us believe we've been saved from birth. I was born, say, I was born, you know, right on the front pew, saved. No, it don't work like that. We can't rub shoulders uh, with, with the non-believer. We must remember we are all lepers, all lepers, without God and without hope in the world. But he touched our hearts and caused us to say in our brokenness, Lord, if you are willing, save me, make me clean. You see, we were all the walking dead. We were all children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom... We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. This is all of us (laughs) carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature. What children of wrath like the rest of mankind, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together With Christ, by grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We were all the walking dead. All of us. So when we look at this man, he had an outward manifestation. He had a disease that everybody could see. He was considered an outcast. Nobody wanted to be around him. Before we are so high and mighty, We need to understand our spiritual state that we were all just like that, sinful. And you may be listening to me today, and you may be right there right now. You may be the outcast of your family. You may be on the outskirts of of the community. You may be living in such a way that's not pleasing to God, but God is able to save. God is able to save. He can make you alive to him. And no longer an object of wrath. It goes on to say in Ephesians chapter uh, 2 verse 12 through 22. Remember, remember that you were at at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope. This was us, y'all. We had no hope and without God in the world. But now. In Christ Jesus, you who were uh, once far off have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that we might create that he might create in himself one new man in place of two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body 
through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He did all of this for us. We were once those lepers. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. This was redemption. This was something that was done for us. We were on the outside, but we've been brought in because of the blood of Christ, because of the cross. We were alienated and hostile in mind. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Now we know this was us. That was, you know, we may think that we were good when, before Christ. We were good people. But, you know, we were not. We were doing evil deeds, whether in our minds or in our actions. He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. So, so now we're not alienated anymore. We're not hostile in mind. Again, we were slaves to sin. This was all a part of our leprous state. <laughs> we were slaves to sin, right? In John chapter 8, verse 34 through 36, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not uh, remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. He has set us free. From that old mindset, he has delivered us from, you know, the hostility that was between us and God. Romans chapter six, verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. All of us was like this. All of us. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and it's in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that was our state before coming to Christ. We were all like this leper. We were all like this, this one who, before God, man, he was lost. He was broken. He was broken. Remember, he was in a state where he could not be touched. People were not supposed to get close to him at all. He was in a state where, man, 
he was seen by society, by everybody around him as being unclean. He was in, in, in he was in a state in a mindset where man, he was ostracized. People when when they saw him coming, he had to proclaim, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean. And you know, we may not have to do that right now, you know, as, as uh, in today's context. But man, there are things that are in our lives that are crying out unclean. There are sins, there are besetting sins, there are things that we carry and hold on to that are crying out unclean. There are secret sins, there are hidden sins that we uh, have in our lives that cry out unclean. And then there are things that are not hidden, ways and attitudes that we operate in that are unclean. We need Jesus. We need to experience, you know, the touch from, from Jesus. Before we are high and haughty and think, man, look at that person over there. Look, they're strung out on drugs or look what they're doing right here. Man, I hope, I hope that we can remember that we were once in that same situation. We may not have done the same things that the same sins that that person has done or is doing. But man, our sin, our sin was bad enough as well that Jesus had to die on the cross for our sins. That's the facts. That's the facts. And so we should have a compassion for the loss. We should have a compassion, a love that would draw, draw us to say, man, how can I get the gospel to this person? The only way this sickness is going to be cleared up is through them accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We should have a compassion that when we see the loss, how Jesus, when he looked out upon the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because he saw them as harassed and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. How many times have we cried over the state of man in our country? How many times have we looked and said, man, this person is in a predicament Lord, they need you. How can I be the one to help them to draw close to you? You see, we try to solve things, you know, in human ways. You know, sometimes we try to solve moral things in political ways. And sometimes we try to, you know, uh, uh, just be good and, and, and do good. But man, what's needed in this world is people to really be touched by Jesus. And God, he wants to use us, his people, as his representatives here in this earth to be those agents that will share the good news and that they would experience that touch from the Lord. I hope that this would move us to compassion, to pray, to seek out even in our environments, our family members, our co-workers, people that we brush up against, man, that don't know the Lord. God, help us to have a heart of compassion, a heart that will want to see these individuals living for you, that they would escape hell, that they would love the true and the living God. Because we were those lepers. So when we look out at lepers in our society today, that should be a compassion, knowing where they are. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. 
Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. And we're talking about uh, how Jesus touched the leper. He touched me. Um, and I, I just feel really impressed that even now, as you're listening, there's some people out there who have family members who have been kind of treated like that leper. Maybe, you know, because of their own things that they have done. Maybe they're outcast in your family, or maybe it could be a, a, just a, a, a friend that you, that you uh, loved a lot. And that God is going to give you specific instructions on how to pray for those individuals. That those ones that are seen by lepers, as lepers in, you know, your family, as outcast, as, you know, they call them what, uh, black sheep. Of the family that God is going to use you to minister to those people. He's going to show you how to do it. And it may not even be a popular thing with your family. It may be something that your family like, why are you talking to him? But God is going to build in you a compassion uh, and a love for that one that's been cast out. And he's going to use you to speak to that person to pray for that person first i believe that god's going to show you how to pray and that this person their hearts are going to be softened so that they can hear what you're going to say and it's going to be a miracle it's going to be something that god does you know family has tried over and over and over again to reason with other family members you know to say man won't you come to your senses Man, what you're doing out there? And, and so sometimes family had to release those people and say, man, I can't, I can't be with you anymore. But there's somebody listening. I think there's some people listening. I really feel impressed by this that God is going to show you how to pray for that loved one who's out there, who has been released by the family. And it's not going to be that you're just going to go out there now, but he's going to cause you to pray first to get the wisdom of God. And he's going to show you what to do. That your heart, first of all, is going to be drawn to that loved one again. That compassion is going to be restored. And God's going to use you in that person's life that they'll be drawn to Christ. So, I don't know, I just felt impressed to say that. And I just pray that the Lord just does what he will. But we're talking about uh, the leper and how Jesus touched him. So let's look at that. Let's look at the reaction and how Jesus responded. So Jesus was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. And compassion, compassion causes us to do things out of the ordinary. When we have compassion, you know, like, man, we might not have thought two seconds about that person if we didn't have compassion. But, man, all of a sudden, man, I'm like, man, this is something that, that's going on in my heart. 
You know, I feel compassion. Compassion causes us to do things out of the ordinary, things we wouldn't normally do. Compassion also, compassion also moves us to action. It moves us to action. You know, when God truly gives us a compassion, stirs us up, when we have a love for, for a person or, or, you know, man, it causes us to do certain things that we wouldn't normally do. It causes us to act. Man, one of the greatest actions we can take as God is stirring us up concerning the lost uh, in our uh, spheres of influence. And the great action that we can take is to pray. Lord, show me how to pray for this individual. Show me how to pray for these people. Jesus acted on his compassion. He did, look at this, Jesus did the unthinkable. Jesus put out his hand and he touched the leper. Jesus put out his hand and he touched the leper. Now, do you think this man expected Jesus to touch him? I don't think so. I don't think this man expected Jesus to touch him. I, I think this man felt like, Jesus, you could say the word and this leprosy will be gone. If you're willing, you can make me clean. But I don't think for a second this man thought that Jesus would touch him. But Jesus was moved with compassion. And he did what nobody else would do. He was willing to cleanse this man. And he was moved to action and he touched this leper. You see, Jesus understood that this man needed much more than to be healed. <laughs> He needed to be touched. Think about it. We talked about how important touch is in the beginning. There's way more uh, research and studies about touch and its effect upon humans. But Jesus knew he's God. Jesus is God. He knew that this man needed more than just to be healed. Jesus had done it before. He spoke words and healed diseases. He told people, okay, go back home and once you get that, you know, be it done to you as you have believed. But no, he knew that this man, this particular person needed to be touched. This man who society would not touch was touched by the hand of God. This man who didn't want to have anything, who no one had want to have anything to do with him who will run from him when they saw him, saw him coming, when he had to scream out unclean. This man who was the outcast, who had to be outside of the camp, who had to be outside of the community, who his very clothes and his very dwelling place was seen as unclean. This man was touched by the hand of God. <laughs> Jesus knew that this man needed to be touched. This man who was bogged down under the weight of his disease was touched that day by God in the flesh. Man, this is a, 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 a remarkable image that we get, a more remarkable story of the mercy and the love of Jesus because not only does he save us, Amen. He calls us to be a part of his family. 
whereby we receive his spirit and we can cry out, Abba, Father. He, he don't always say, okay, you're good. You can go to heaven. No, he's like, man, no, I want to I save you. You are part of my family now. I'm going to give you the family trade. You, you are going to be ones that are going to be ambassadors for me. I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. All these things that the Lord gives us. He knows we need more than just, okay, I need to be saved from a burning building. Praise God for that. But he gives us abundant life as well. So in this man's situation, this leper, he don't stop at just healing him. He touched him. We come to Jesus as this leper and we say, Lord, if you're willing. And Jesus responds back with a resounding yes. This is the picture that we all find ourselves in. And again, as you're hearing me, as you're listening, you might say, man, my sin is way big. My sin, what I've done, I don't know if I can be forgiven. I say not so. I would say not so. Christ can forgive and will forgive if you come to him, if you repent for your sins. You might, you might say, well, you don't know, Will, what I've done. I don't know what you've done. But I know Jesus. I know he was able to heal this leper. And he didn't just heal him. <laughs> he touched him. Can you imagine what the people around him must have said. Like, what? Can you believe? Why? He, he touched that man. You know? Can, can you imagine the weight that was lifted off of this man? <laughs> no longer can he be rejected by society. But not even just that, but he was accepted into the beloved. He was touched by God. You know, as I was uh, just going through this and, 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 and reading this, I just thought of that song, that, that hymn, He Touched Me. It says, shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. He touched me. Can you hear this, man? I can just see this leper. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. <laughs> Something happened. And now I know he touched me and made me whole. Since I met this blessed Savior, since he cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. <laughs> and now I know he touched me and made me whole. I tell y'all, look, <laughs> this, is the, this is the picture of what the Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, this is what he does for all of us. All of us. Man, I hope there are people who are listening who you find yourself in that rough place and you're like, man, I can't be forgiven. I'm telling you that he can. I also hope that there are people who are listening and say, yeah, I have an outcast in my family. 
Lord, can you move upon my heart on how to pray so that I can witness to my family member? The Lord will open that door. I hope there's people out there who have forgotten, <laughs> who may have forgotten about this great salvation that you have obtained through Jesus Christ. And you are reminded today of the great price and the great sacrifice and what God has done on your behalf. Because we were all lepers. We were all without hope. We were all without God in this world. Man, but he touched us. He drew us close to him. He drew us in. He drew us near. Man, may we never, may we never, never forget this. May we never forget this. I talked a little bit about the lady who had the issue of blood as one of the examples of a person being touched and healed by Jesus. This lady pressed through the crowds. She wasn't supposed to be there either. She had an issue of blood. She would have been considered unclean as well. But she pressed through. She pressed her way through and said in herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And it's all, it always strikes me that she touched his garment and Jesus looked around and said, who touched me? <laughs> and the disciples were like, man, we're in a crowd of people. Come on, man. There's so many people touching you. No, but that was a different touch that touched me. I felt power released from me. Man, this is the desperate state of people who are broken. And I'm telling you, just like this lady with the issue of blood, just like this leper, these people were at the lowest. They felt like, man, there was this lady had spent all her money on doctors, but she was getting worse and worse and worse. Man, you may find yourself at, at, at the lowest point right now, but I'm telling you that Jesus that touched her could touch you and will. He's willing. He's willing. The Jesus that touched this leper can touch you, and he's willing. The Jesus that touched these two blind men and healed their eyes, he can touch you, and he's willing. We serve a God who's willing. He's willing and he's able. Praise be to God. And I just want to pray. I want to pray for everybody that's listening that this message, that if it stirred hearts, that God, that you would show each and every person what they ought to do with this. If they ought to reach out to a family member, I pray, Father God, that you would give them the, the right instructions, God, that you would help them to do so. I pray, Father God, if they're down right now and they need a touch from you, Lord, that they will cry out even now and ask you to touch their situation. I pray, Father God, if, if they are there, those who don't know you at all, don't have a relationship with you, but God, that they will get down on their knees right now and repent for their sins and ask you to be their Lord and Savior. And I thank you for this. And I thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this has been Wednesdays with Will and Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening. And I pray that God has stirred your heart. But until next time, God bless. <laughs>